if I could change in a way that that would make a difference in my life. That sounds like a challenge. Oh, yes. Welcome to Strengthening Souls for the Journey podcast. Hello, I'm Ross O'Neill. I'm an ordained elder with the Western North Carolina Conference of the United Methodist Church, and we're going to talk about School of the Spirit. This is our second podcast on the journey, and joining me today is Ann Sturette. Ann is the founding director of School of the Spirit, as well as the Lydia Group, which is a Christ-centered retreat ministry begun in 1998. She's also co-founder of the Sacred Invitation. She's a graduate of the Renovare Institute for Christian Spiritual Formation with further graduate studies at Shalame Institute and Richmond Graduate University School of Ministry. As a spiritual director, teacher, and retreat leader, Anne views her role as quietly planting inner seeds of freedom, growth, and change toward wholeness. And it's great to have you with me today. And we're going to talk a little bit about School of the Spirit, but let me hear a little bit about your journey, your personal story. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ross. Well, my journey began in a little mill town. I grew up in a mill town. And in the mill town, you uh, revolve around a church usually, and you revolve around school and work. And I often say my parents never taught me social graces for business places, but they sure taught me how to work. And so I've always enjoyed working. And I always enjoyed church, so I just stuck with, with those two things through my life. And then about the early 90s, I guess, Ross, I just felt dry as a bone. I didn't know what was wrong. I would talk to a few people about it, and they would just say, pray more, be in Scripture more, serve more. None of that worked. None of that worked. So I finally went to a counselor, and I made sure I went one uh, a few towns away, didn't want anybody to see me. And about the third visit with this counselor, uh, she really got on the edge of her seat. So I knew something was coming. She was going to tell me something. I, I remember kind of being excited. And she said, now, Ann, you do not need a counselor. The last thing you need is a therapist. What you need is a spiritual director. And I said, well, what in the world is that? And where do I find one? So that really began my spiritual journey. So uh, I found a spiritual director. She was from Gastonia. We met at St. Peter's Church in Charlotte. I was with her 13 years, Ross. Wow. 13. She saved my life. So anyway, when I met Betty, she said, Ann, I know you feel like you're in a very bad place. You are in a good place. You are in an excellent place. God is inviting you into a new way of being in relationship. So it was fertile ground for growth then. Yes. And I didn't know what she was talking about. You know, I thought I knew God, and I did, you know, kind of like the president. So (laughs) (laughs) anyway, I began with Betty. So somehow or another, Ross, I got a hold of this book called Shaped by the Word, The Power of Scripture in Spiritual Formation. And if I didn't get anything else out of that book, this pastor, Robert Mulholland, he said the way we approach the Word has everything to do with the way we're shaped by it. So I thought, well, what does that mean? Have I been approaching it wrong? What does that mean? 
So I took a couple hours one day and just looked back through my life and I thought, well, I remember Sunday school and being in Miss Mamie's class and she would show us picture books. So I learned the word through pictures. And then I would learn to even read. Then I would be in study groups and then people would ask me to teach. And so life marched on. And I felt like something was missing, but I, I didn't know what. And then in... You had memorized a lot of what you needed to know, learned the stories, but there was another step, wasn't there? Yes, and I didn't know what that was. So in 1993, I found that I immersed myself in the Word in another way. At that time, we had uh, our business was 25 years old. My husband and I had this uh, printing business, and he was not well, and two employees were not well. And when people are not well, what happens? A business doesn't get well. So I was charged with keeping that business alive and feeding eight families. That was so a lot was, on you. Oh, my. So that was the days when you still had little bookstores. So I remember going in the bookstore in Cornelius, and there was a book on the shelf. And the name of that book was titled Excellence in Leadership, uh, Reaching Your Goals with Prayer, Courage, and Determination. So, Ross, I picked that book up, and it was a story of Nehemiah rebuilding the wall. I thought, I've got to rebuild this business. So I worked the word. Now, some people don't know what I mean when I say work the word. Some people know exactly. You're <laughs> working it to get what you need. Right. I never, ever was wanting to build a relationship with God. Nobody had ever talked to me You were goal-oriented then. Goal-oriented. I wanted to save that business. Yeah. So I worked the word. But then I met Betty in 1995, and she began to steer me, and uh, she encouraged me to go to a, a week-long retreat, and it was about the scriptures. And Ross, at that, at that retreat, I was introduced to this ancient practice. Now, I don't, uh, that was 1999. What is that? 20-some years ago. 23 years ago. And yes. so uh, I was introduced to this simple little practice that the ancients had used. I'd never heard the words before, but I'm telling you something in my heart split open at that retreat, and we learned that what we need to be doing is what is the word saying to me and not to preach it and teach it and pass it on. Yes, and so not to be dramatic, but really my soul was just split open, and I was thirsty in in a whole new level and so then in 2003, uh, we had a new pastor come to our church, and he was Pastor Jody Seymour. And from the pulpit, the first time ever I had ever heard the word Lexio Divina. So here he is introducing me. And that to was these the practice practices. you had learned. That was the yes. practice. So that was the beginning. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning. And, and then a step from there was uh, Betty had encouraged me to go to Shalane Institute for some classes. And so they were uh, graduate course level, and I was afraid to go, but, uh, you know, I went. And that is when I learned about centering prayer. And I, I didn't know what was, what was going on exactly. I just knew that I wasn't able to live the promises still. I wasn't able to live what I was reading in the scriptures, even though I was learning some things. And so Father Keating, he had this line in one of his books on uh, centering prayer, silent prayer. He said this, and I'm going to quote. I love this quote. 
He said, with regular faithful practice with centering prayer, that silent prayer, one finds that they are less stressed, grumpy, moody, judgmental, annoyed. For instance, he says, if there is someone in your life that drives you up the wall, they will begin to drive you only halfway up the wall. <laughs> I thought, that's for me. I'm going to join this class because there was a lot of people that were driving me up the wall. So then I hear Jody Seymour talk about silent prayer. I heard him talk about solitude and silence, and he said how difficult it was for him. So I began to connect with this man and Betty White and Jody Seymour in a way I had never, they were speaking to my soul. Because you probably know what it's like to, you know, you're so busy, your life is so full, you're trying to get your business going again, all these pressures, and here's somebody talking about silent prayer. Right. And changing, really changing. If I could change in a way that, that would make a difference in my life. That sounds like a challenge. Oh, yes. It's not a carpet ride. Well, what you described, Lexio Divina and uh, Centering Prayer being two of the practices of uh, the contemplative practices, uh, the thing I've noticed, you're talking about people driving you up the wall. That was me, too. And it takes practice. It's almost like running. You have to build up your stamina and learn how to do this. Uh how did you how did you learn? Well, I learned by practice. That was what I was learning. And I learned it's not the practice that transforms you. It is placing yourself before God so God can begin to do a work in you that you don't even know that you need. It's that yes to God, that yes to God. Surrendering yourself to God. That's right. That's right. So uh, to continue the story, uh, I... Jody Seymour asked me to come on part-time at Davidson United Methodist Church, and he wanted me to uh, develop a spiritual formation ministry because he knew that was my training in addition to the business we had. And so uh, that was 2004, and by 2008, Jody had introduced me to George Thompson, and I did some retreats for, for the, I think it was Metro District. And they were very, very pleased. And George was the district superintendent in the Metro District district at that time. That's right. That's right. And um, then uh, Jody introduced me to Dr. Lily Jones, who was the district superintendent of what then was called the Lake Norman uh, District. And we just began to brainstorm. And I asked Jody one time, on behalf of George Thompson, who had asked me to do something, I said, well, what do these pastors need? He said, they are thirsty water givers. They need water. That's what they need, not so leadership well training. They need water. And so that began to help me dream about the school of the spirit. And I got that term, Ross, out of a book by Richard Foster. He said, we all need to be in the school of the spirit. I, that phrase never left me, to be under the tutelage of the Spirit. And I thought, what would that mean? Mm -hmm. Not another book, but what would it mean to place yourself before the Spirit to be formed? That's where the word spiritual formation comes from. It's, it's the Spirit forming us into the image of Christ. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. very interesting. So you came up with School of the Spirit, Anne, and you have taken on some just 
really wonderful facilitators, people like Jody Seymour, Don Carroll, uh, Nicole. Uh, talk a little bit, bit about how you put together School of the Spirit and your journey with those who help you, helped you along the path of doing this. All right. Thank you for that question, Ross. Well, I've got to say Jody and Dr. Jones, they, they were just foundational because they, they were telling me what they saw the people needed. And so that was the first step. And the way I did the, the curriculum was around the basic practices of Jesus and the early church. That's just what, what I, w I was doing, because to me that was the tutelage of the Spirit. I mean, we didn't have what we've got today. And right. so that was where I was going to. And through, again, Shalane Institute, I took what was called uh, a spiritual direction course and group spiritual direction. So three people in, uh, we had we had five groups of five. I mean, out of 25 people, there were two people that I spotted. I didn't know a doggone thing about their history, but I saw their hearts. They were so hungry to be transformed by God. They were so hungry. And that was Nicole Greer and Don Carroll. Wow. So that I hadn't, didn't know anything about them, but I saw their hearts in these quiet little circles where people share their story. And oh, they were the right people to see. Then. Oh my! Wow! I yeah. know. I just get excited about it, and to think we have are still together, uh, and this is our twelfth year. Wow! So the thing about Don that I found out later, uh, he is a spiritual director. He is an enneagram teacher. Uh, he has deep training and extensive training in counseling and coaching, and the twelve-step uh, work. And he was the uh, director of the North Carolina Lawyer Assistant Program. That's a long name. But he helped lawyers that were depressed and had addictions. And so this was a way that he supported them for I don't know how many years. But all of that was a you know silent background. And here this man with all these letters after his name, as I say, <laughs> he was hungry to be changed by God. And then... Um, Nicole Greer is a vibrant coach. Uh, she is a spirited entrepreneur, I like to say, but she works with, with a lot of organizations, municipalities, all kind of organizations for team building. So that is her specialty. In addition to coaching individual, it is also with organizations for team building, and then she's a national speaker. So well, it's really neat because Don and Nicole come from different directions, but they're oh, yes. bringing gifts from uh, Nicole from a corporate perspective, Don from a spiritual direction, Enneagram perspective. I mean, they're just a wealth of wisdom yes. when it comes to spiritual formation. Right. And the other thing that people have told us over and over and over, Ross, one of the things that's unique about us is none of us are ministers. So we are not in the political arena. We're not in the church arena. We are coming as a hungry pilgrim right beside them. Well, as a pastor myself, I certainly feel that uh, the facilitators at School of Spirit certainly understand what it's like to be a pastor and that level of empathy that I received when I went through School of Spirit was amazing. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Because we, you know, we give spiritual direction to these people. We've all been trained in that 
and that uh, quality of spiritual direction, uh, journeying with someone on their on their journey with God. Now, Ann, I talked to Ashley Thomas in our first School of the Spirit podcast, and she talks a lot about what happens during School of the Spirit. But uh, tell us now what journey you're inviting folks to embark upon. Why should somebody want to develop these practices? What is somebody going to get out of the School of the Spirit experience? Okay. That's another good question, Ross. Thank you. Uh, Well, the journey we're inviting folks to embark upon uh, could be termed soul-keeping or soul-tending. And we are really good at tending all sorts of things in life and ministry, but we are not so good at tending our soul, really even knowing what the soul is and what it needs. We really don't understand that dimension. And and you don't get that in church. No. Really... I mean, it's a different practice, yes. That's right. And uh, the word soul is all throughout Scripture, but we just kind of glean over it. So that's part of it. And Scripture tells us, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? Is anything worth more than the soul? So that's where we're coming. We're this deepest part of us, this most vital part of us. So I would say right now, if anybody's listening to this, wants to know something about the soul, there are places to go, but Soul Keeping by uh, John Ortberg is a wonderful resource for that. He, he really goes into that. But what we're calling people to through this work is Unforced Rhythm of Grace. We want to slip into the easy yoke, light burden life with our friend Jesus. I mean, that seems so simple. We hear that all the time. But we want to walk with him. We want to watch him. We want to learn from him. We want to be an apprentice of Jesus, become like Jesus. And this just doesn't happen. It happens through intentionality. And we really don't even understand what it means. We don't understand what it means. So that's one of the other things. And this is not something that a lot of folks get at church because those practices are not it's not that church is against these practices. It's just not a part of the church experience from what I found. That's right. And they say only about 1% really uh, allow themselves to be awakened to this kind of hunger, you know, because it takes practice. It just takes practice. And we all benefit from waking up. We do. Yes. Yes. So uh, with the contemplative practices, what we're doing is... And, in- and the contemplative... Uh, you're meaning centering prayer, Lexio Divina, those types that, of things. That's right, yes. right. And um, there was a man named um, Gerald May that explained what the word contemplative, it sounds a little, uh, you know, high, but con meaning with and templative, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So it's with God. How simple. With God. These practices place you to be with God right. so God could shape you. But uh, what we're inviting people into are the practices of the church historically. There's nothing flashy. There's, there's nothing new. Yeah, this it's is ancient, ancient, isn't it? Yes. All ancient. Uh, and this is the thing that just, gosh, Ross, it just puts the hairs up on the back of my neck. These are the practices that st- sustained those unnumbered, unnamed Christian pilgrims who brought us to where we are today. I mean, we were in the printing business. When I think the printing press wasn't even thought of until the <laughs> 1400s, how these people sustained themselves, it was through these ancient practices. It's like going back in time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
So, uh, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm not a theologian. I'm not a pastor. I'm a pilgrim. I'm a fellow pilgrim. And what I'm wanting to do is seek to understand how men and women across time used ancient practices to support living the Christ life from the depth of their being. And part of our curriculum, we offer people some of these resources that were never meant to be books. Never. Their journals were found. And then when the printing press came along, they were made. They were written down then. That's yeah. right. But uh, they, these ways of people... Uh, you know, journeying with God. So, you know, the, the School of the Spirit retreat team and the students, we are fellow pilgrims on the journey, hungry to re recover an honest witness of the ancient way toward our desire for wholeness. But it's important to remember, I've already said this, these practices do not change us. They do not transform us. They are just a way that we can place ourselves before God so he can do the work in us. Ross, the overall purpose of every single devotional practice, uh, no matter what it is, it might be a prayer method, it might be um, a spiritual discipline, it's to encounter God, period. It's to encounter God. And then as we encounter God and we nurture that relationship and we deepen that relationship then that is where God finally has us in his arms and we just say yes. We just yes. say yes. You know, I bet you when you're in your wife's arms, you know, y'all together, it's just a yes. You just mm -hmm. have each other's yes. And there's nothing like it. And that's what God wants from us, our yes. So with our yes, the Holy Spirit uh, begins to bring what's in our unconscious, which is they say 95% of everything, it, it begins as we're able to deal with it, as we're able to bear it, brings from the dark to the light. So we can see ways that aren't aligning with God. We just see the, begin to see those ways. And through that, God has begun to help us see that we need to change our ways. So that And we become more of who God has created us to be. We get away from our shadow selves and become yes. more our authentic selves. Mm -hmm. And you know, and it doesn't hurt that this all takes place at Sturette Farm. Out oh, this beautiful, beautiful place, place, your beautiful farm out uh, outside of Statesville. Yes, yes, that's for sure. That's for sure. It is a beautiful place. So what else do you want to tell me about this journey, Anne? That it is a journey. And, you know, I don't know that we ever finish the journey. Uh, I heard the other day that um, Billy Graham's wife had on her tombstone um, something like, uh, thank you for the pa your patience, construction finished, you know, <laughs> something like that. So I don't think we ever, we ever finish. God's always working on us because he only brings to our attention what we can bear. Right. And, <laughs> and that's the exciting part of the life journey. It is. It we is. are works in progress. And that we have spiritual companions, spiritual pilgrims that we journey with. Well, as someone who's been a part of School of the Spirit, I have felt that, that the facilitators are companions on this journey. And uh, if anyone wants to get more information, uh, you may have gotten to this podcast by the website, but it's www.schoolofthespirit.org. Com. 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 Sorry. Uh, 
schoolofthespirit.com, and that's the place to find out more information. And someone could contact you directly by email or uh, some other way to uh, ask questions. Absolutely, and all that's on the website. On the website. So, well, Ann, I really appreciate your taking time and and talking about your journey. Uh, We hope to have more on this Strengthening Souls for the Journey podcast. Uh, We'll get to some of the other uh, facilitators and a few other guests. But uh, in the meantime, Ann, I thank you so much for, for doing this. Oh, it's my pleasure. Well, friends, join us again for Strengthening Souls for the Journey podcast. I'm Ross O'Neill, and I hope that you'll join us again soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>